I will claim Pastor Danny any day of the week. Any day of the week. And Sister Karen. And I know that we have stood and I know we've enjoyed such praise and worship. Man, I tell you, were we already finished with that? My goodness, it was so good. It's always great to be in the house of God, but always great to be with you who I call and feel like our family always will be. But I want you to stand this morning. There's something I want to do first. And that is, I want to bless pastors Danny and Karen Rigney and this entire church from the youngest to the oldest because of your generosity and your kindness to me and to his ministries. I know that some of you know that we are in the throes, and when I say throes, I'm talking like throwed rolls. We are in the throes of a renovation. The building that we were in and having church in flooded about three and a half weeks ago. Flooded so bad that we could not return to the building. And so we spent the next two weeks literally cleaning out the building and packing it. Brother Danny did not even hesitate to allow us to use the remix building on Sunday mornings for our service. Didn't have to, but he did. And literally, Pastor Danny saved our lives. We didn't know what we were going to do. But we knew that God has a building for us on 322 West Main that's going to get finished one of these days. And we're going to move in. Oh, I'm declaring it. But between here and there, I'm calling it Hell's Highway. Because that's about what it has been. But let me tell you something about your pastors, Danny and Karen, your board, your council, your leaders. They are givers. And because they are, you as a congregation are blessed, and you need to be reminded of that. I'm here to remind you of that this morning. To whom much is given, much is going to be required. And you had a building that was not being used on Sunday morning, and there was no hesitancy to allow us to have church there. There's no hesitancy for us to have a corner of your storage back there because we had TVs, we had all kinds of sound equipment, things that we could not put into a storage unit where it was not temperature controlled. We had to have a place to put those. He gave us a corner. So I'm going to bless you this morning. Based upon the authority and the power of God and His Word, I want those that are associated with Pathway Ministries and you feel like this is home, I want you to raise both hands this morning. I want you to close your eyes. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I declare and I proclaim not a double portion, but a hundredfold blessing upon pastors Danny and Karen and their family, upon every member, upon every household that is connected to this ministry. I declare, God, that they will be the head and not the tail. I declare that they will be above and not beneath. I declare they will be blessed as they go out and they will be blessed when they come in. I declare a divine blessing as they are in the city and as they are in the field. I declare that their bread baskets, their vats and their barns, all that's connected to them will never run dry nor be empty 
And it will not only be full, but it will be full to overflowing. Not only will they be blessed, but they will continue to bless others. God, multiply, multiply, multiply back what they have done just for us and His ministries. Thank you, Father God, for the opportunity that they have afforded us. And I pray, God, that you would bless them for their kindness and their generosity. And may they all prosper and be in health even as their soul prospers. Thus saith the Lord God Almighty, I declare it today in Jesus' name. And we receive it this morning. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. And Keith Welch, I don't care what I've heard about you. You're a good man. He had to leave on that one. Brother Keith heard that we were having to pack up and load up, and we called the mission, and they brought their trailer and their truck and their guys. But Brother Keith called, and he said, I'm bringing my trailer and my truck. If we can load up one, we can load up two. He didn't have to do that, but he did. And I am so grateful for the family of God. We may be in different buildings. We may be in different households. We may be in different parts of the city, but we are all one. We are all one. God bless you. I want to share with you, first of all, a dream that I had many moons ago. And when I got to adding up how long ago that was, I thought, surely that much time has not passed. But how many of you, I guess, in my category, a little bit more, I'm going to call it mature, I hate the word older, realize that time passes so very quickly. When I started adding this up, it had been at least 30 years ago. I had a dream. And a couple of weeks ago, in praying and studying for the word that God was going to give to his ministries, the Lord brought this dream back to me as if I had just had it. It was so clear and so real. And in this dream, I was standing in what I knew to be my house. And in this house was a tall, high staircase, several steps. And I was not in front of it, I was to the side of it where I could see above and all the way down to the front door, just a few steps to the front door. In my dream, I looked up, and a tall gentleman came to the landing at the top of the stairs, dressed in full black, long black coat, long shaggy black hair, put his hand on the railing, and I looked at him. And he looked at me, and he did not take his eyes off of me, and he took one step down at a time and came down and came down and came down. And when he got to the end of the step, he took one more look, and then he opened my front door, and he left. It was like being in a movie theater. The curtains closed. They opened. Again, same gentleman, the landing at the top of the stairs coming down, again, locking eyes with me. And this time, just a little bit of an eerie feeling and atmosphere began to permeate in that area. And he continued to walk down the steps, never taking his eye off of me. He got to the bottom step. He looked at me. He opened the front door, and he left. Curtains closed. Third time, 
It's like the curtains opened. Again, I saw this gentleman, same gentleman, same dressed all in black, same long black shaggy hair. This time just a little bit more intense. I began to see a little bit more of him and his features. And uh, he took his hand on the railing. He walked down, he walked down, he walked down, he walked down to the bottom step. And then he left. Finally, after several times of that happening in that dream, it stopped. No more pictures, no more sight of anything going on, but a voice that I well recognized. A voice spoke and he called my name. How many of you know God knows your name? He knows your name. You can be in a room of 50,000 people, but God knows every individual name. That's encouraging this morning. He called my name and he said, Terry, how long are you going to let this man in your house? The dream ended. I immediately woke up and I sat up. But the voice was still lingering and the voice was still talking. And this voice said, your enemy was in your house and you saw him. He came down your stairway. He left out your front door. You didn't move. You didn't say anything. And he kept coming back. Again, I'm going to ask you, Terry, how long are you going to allow him to do this? Because every time you do nothing, you have granted him permission to come back. I had just experienced a very vivid and a very real illustrated sermon in my sleep. And I began to see some things pretty clearly. You know, God can remove all the fog in our lives. He can become very real and very profound in our lives. And things began to make sense because at that time, way back then, I remember some of the hits I had been taking in my journey and in my Christian walk. I remember some of the attacks that I had been under in my walk. And needless to say, I got up out of my bed back then and I did some toll repenting and some praying because I began to see where I had allowed some things. Everybody say allowed some things. And I am so happy this morning because I'm not by myself because I know every one of you have done the same thing. Even though this dream had happened so many years ago, when God brought it back to my remembrance a couple of weeks ago, he immediately took me to some scripture that I believe that I am supposed to share with you this morning. But before I go to the very verse that I'm going to read, let me set it up for you just for a second. It's going to be found in Matthew chapter 12, and we're going to show that scripture in just a minute. The few verses before the one that I'm going to share with you, we see the scene of the Pharisees and all the religious leaders have gathered themselves around Jesus. Well, that's not new news. They were always there, keeping an eye on him. But they had a problem, a particular problem, and they were frustrated with Jesus because he had been casting out demons. And it was causing quite the stir. They were so set on this Jewish man not being the Son of God 
that as he proclaimed he was, that they found any and every excuse and accusation that they could come up with to explain away the miracles and the profound influence that this Jesus was having everywhere he went. The religious, the religious leader's explanation of this particular power and the accusations that they were going to reveal were that Jesus was using the source of Satan as his power. In other words, they said, Satan is casting out Satan. <laughs> now just think about that for a minute. Think about how absurd and ridiculous it would be for Satan to cast out his own. Like fighting like, like a civil war. He would be destroying his own kingdom if he were doing that. But that's what they were trying to convince everyone around that this man is using a power from Satan to cast out Satan. So we come to verse 29, and this is where I want to start this morning, of chapter 12 of Matthew. Let's read just the first portion of the verse, and I am reading from the New Living Translation. Jesus asked those standing around him, which included the religious leaders and the Pharisees, who is powerful enough to enter the house of the strong man, Satan, and plunder his goods? Hear the word of the Lord this morning, ladies and gentlemen. First, Jesus asked, who's powerful enough not to wait on the attack, but he asked, who is powerful enough to enter into the territory of the enemy and plunder his goods? This is a picture of offense, not just defense. Who's powerful enough to enter in the strong man? Notice he says strong man. Your enemy is a very worthy adversary, ladies and gentlemen. But he is not more powerful than Jesus Christ who lives in you. And that is what you and I have to remember. Who can be powerful enough? What Jesus is doing Next is he's going to answer his own question in the second portion of this same verse. Jesus says, only someone even stronger, someone who could tie him up and then plunder his house. That's who. Jesus was defending his authority. He was defending the power and where it came from, God the Father. Jesus was letting them know and the people around him that his power and his authority was way beyond the power of the strong man. Only the power of Jesus and his authority could not only just wait on an attack, but could walk right into the house of Satan and not only just tie him up. Don't that sound good to you this morning? Am I the only one? Doesn't that, wouldn't you just like to see him one time and grab a hold of him and tie him up? And just keep tying. Till the tongue hung out, till the ears turned red. Tie him up. But not just tie him up. There's a purpose in tying him up. To mess him up. Plunder his goods. Plunder his house, Jesus said. 
That was part of his mission on earth. I came to destroy the works of the evil one. But wait a minute. Wait just a minute. How many of you in here this morning proclaim that you are Christians? Oh, now I know you're not ashamed. Get that hand up there. There you go. If we proclaim ourselves to be Christians this morning, we need to know the rest of this story. Because we need to go to John chapter 14, and we need to look at verse 12, and we need to see what Jesus said to his disciples then and to his disciples today. Are you not his disciples? I tell you the truth, Jesus said, and he's always going to tell you the truth. Jesus can speak nothing else but the truth. I tell you the truth, anyone, everybody say anyone, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, hold on, and even greater works because I'm going to the Father. What did he say? Anyone. There's not an application. There's not an interview. If you believe in Jesus Christ and he is living in your heart, you fit the anyone. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done. What had he been doing? Casting out demons, healing the sick, all kinds of miracles, feeding the hungry. You will do the same works and even greater because I've got to go back to the Father. So I'm transferring this authority and this power to who? His disciples. Anyone who would believe. Let's go on. This is still not finished. Let's look at the next scripture that we have on screen for you. I believe it is found in Luke chapter 10 verse 19. Jesus said, look, I have given you, who's he talking to? The disciples. I have given you authority over some of the power of the enemy. That's not what he said. We've got to make sure we know what he said. He said, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. So let's go back to Jesus' original question. Who can tie up the strong man Satan and spoil his goods? You can. And I can. And we can. If we believe. If we will use the authority that Jesus has transferred. What is our authority? I'm so glad you asked. I'm going to tell you. Our authority is, number one, the name of Jesus. There is no other name that can put the devil to flight besides Jesus. If you try to use yours, good luck. The devil recognizes the name of Jesus. No other name carries the power and the authority. The second thing is the blood of Jesus. We can plead the blood of Jesus over 
our circumstance and over our bodies and over our families and over our households. It is part of the weaponry that God has given us. The blood of Jesus was not just shed on the cross for salvation and healing. It's also a marker. This is exciting. The marker means boundary. That's exactly the picture that the Israelites did when they knew the death angel was coming. They took the blood and what did they do? They marked their doorpost of what? Their household. What was in their household? Everything that belonged to them. The name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. And what's the third one? The Word of God. The Word of God that you have in your lap this morning, either on your phone or in a Bible, or you're looking on screen. The Word of God, Scripture tells us, is alive. It's not just print. It is alive. Do you know what you proclaim in the Word of God will outlive you? If we are praying the Word of God using the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus, it will outlive us should the Lord tarry. If you are praying for your children, your grandchildren, your spouse, anyone in your household, a friend, and you are pleading the blood of Jesus over them, you are speaking the Word of God over them, you could die tomorrow, but that prayer is still in the atmosphere. It's still alive, and it's still working. That's why it is so awesomely important that we continue to pray because it will outlive us. But let me ask you this morning another question, and I'm going to ask you the same one that the Lord asked me in that dream years ago. How long are you going to allow the enemy to step into your household? Mess with your stuff. Mess with your family. When I say house, I'm talking journey. I'm talking your life. I'm talking belongings. I'm talking all that has to do with you. How long will you allow the enemy to come into your territory and mess up your household? It's like the saying on the poster, Satan doesn't even own his own house. Why would you give him the keys to yours? We need to answer that this morning. Why? Why would we do that? I don't know who it is here this morning that needs to hear this. Maybe we all do. Be reminded, you are stronger than your enemy when you stand in and you stand on the authority that Jesus Christ has transferred to his disciples. Your power is the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, and the word of God. You need to use them. The Lord spoke to me late in the evening after Pastor Danny had asked me to be here today. And I felt this is what I was supposed to share with you. And somebody this morning, somebody, I don't know situations here. I don't have to. God does. But somebody needs to take the keys back to your household, to your life, your journey, your family, your finance, your peace of mind, your joy, your body, soul, and spirit. Somebody needs to take your keys back. 
Because you have the authority to do so. If you will use the weapons, I don't know about you, but I would love to be able to give the devil back his trouble. I would love to be able to tie him up and mess him up. Do you know that we can thwart his plans and his plots and his schemes? When we stand in our authority and we use our authority, listen to me. A burglar doesn't own the house, but he's in it. A burglar doesn't own the house, but he's in it. And he's going to stay there until somebody stops him. Somebody needs to take their keys back and take your authority. I want to tell you this morning, the promise to you and the good news to you today and to me today is that we can render the strong man powerless. We can render the strong man powerless over anything, over any person, over any situation when we use the power that has been given to us. Why do we stand by? And watch him come down the stairway in our house and use our front door and go out and do nothing or say nothing. When we do nothing, we've granted him permission to return. And guess what? He will. He will. He'll keep on coming until we decide that we're not going to have it any longer. That we're going to stand in our authority. We're going to pull out the name of Jesus. We're going to plead the blood of Jesus. And we're going to pull out the word of God and we're going to use it. And I'm going to ask you again this question this morning. Who is able to enter into the house of the strong man Satan and plunder his goods? I am. Do I have anybody else? I am. Are you? If you believe and you stand in and stand on the authority that's been given to you, we can. We are stronger. We can take back what the enemy has stolen. We can send him running and fleeing. There's no need to have coffee with the enemy. There's no need to sit down and Talk about it with him. There's no need to stand idly by and wonder why we are suffering when and if we have done nothing to dispel the works of the enemy. I don't know about you, but we're living in a dark world. It's getting colder and it's getting darker by the moment in case you haven't noticed. And Scripture says the world will continue to do that. So why would we not want to practice and to use the authority? Because I'm telling you, just because you proclaim to be a Christian does not mean the devil won't come knocking. Just because you've raised your children in church doesn't mean that he will not plot and scheme against them. Just because you give in the offering and you pay your tithes does not mean that the enemy will not try to steal, kill, and destroy your finance. In case you don't know, he hates you. 
And it's not really you that he's concerned with. The war is between he and God. We're in the middle. The best way to get back at God, Satan figures, is to hit his children. How many mama bears we got in here? Oh, don't mess with mama. And talk about me all you want to. Leave my kids' names out of the conversation. A holy righteousness will come over a mama bear. I don't want to be in a room with a mama bear unless there's about four doorways out. How many papa bears we got? Well, I think we've got more mama bears than we do papa bears. Papa bears don't talk. They just load guns. Why in this world would we sit back and stand by and say nothing or do nothing and allow the enemy to put his foot on anything that belongs to you or to me? How long? Maybe somebody in here this morning, and maybe this is why this message for you today, maybe somebody here this morning has been fighting, 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 and suffering, 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 and it seems like it's all been minuses and no pluses, and you're wondering what in the world is going on. Maybe you're watching him at the landing, come down your stairway, and go out your front door, and you've not liked it. You have complained about it, but did you take your authority? Did you take the authority that Jesus Christ has transferred to you and use it to make him flee and get away from your household, your situation, your circumstance? Somebody today needs to leave different than what you came. Somebody today needs to draw the bloodline and say, no more. No more. I'm taking my authority. I am taking the power that has been given to me through Jesus Christ and I am going to make the enemy flee. And not only am I going to make him flee, I'm marching into his camp and taking back what he has stolen from me. We can do that this morning. So I'm going to ask you all to stand today. And maybe it's your part. Maybe you've been waiting on Jesus, but maybe Jesus has been waiting on you. Maybe somebody today just needs to decide, you know what? I am sick and tired of the attack of the enemy on whatever it is he's been attacking you with. And maybe today you have realized and understood that you have power over the enemy. And you do not have to suffer his attacks nor his influence on you or your household. When we take the authority that has been transferred to us. Now, I don't know how you usually do it on Sunday mornings. But I'm just going to ask everybody to bow your head. And I'm going to ask if there's anyone here this morning that fits the category of, Pastor Terry, I am, I'm done. I'm done being beat up. I am done with the enemy stealing, killing, and destroying. 
I need to take my authority that has been transferred to me and I need today to draw a bloodline and say no more. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe that's your family this morning. If it is, I'm just going to ask you to come down to the front if you would. I'm going to ask you to make a commitment this morning. And I'm going to ask you if you would to come down to the front not going to do anything to you. I am just going to pray for you. Those of you who are prayer warriors in this camp, I don't know who you are, but I'm asking you in just a moment to come down. It's time that you stop watching the enemy beat up your family, beat up your circumstances, beat up your finance, beat up your physical body. It's time for you now to take the authority in your hand and declare, we need to be David this morning. We need to run to Goliath and we need to do the talking. Goliath did the talking way too long until David just said, you know what, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen today. You're not only coming down, but I'm cutting your head off. And he charged the situation. He didn't wait on Goliath. He charged. Maybe this morning you need to charge your situation with the Word of God, the blood of Jesus, and the name of Jesus. There are those that are being completely honest this morning, and they're coming. And I'm going to pray a prayer, but I'm asking for those of you who feel like you're walking in your victory this morning to come and stand behind somebody this morning and let's see God give them their victory today.